0: Someone called me Fitzgerald, and I ignored it and I let it slide. Yeah, I just figure there are b- bigger battles to fight. Yeah, know? it's kind of—it's it like, weird when they're like genuinely happy to see you, and you're like, "Oh, yeah. Max well, it's Fitzgerald." It's my
1: former it's my former boss from the loop who I worked for for yeah. ten years, Jimmy De Castro. Yeah. And Jimmy, he's one of those guys who walks in the room talking and he doesn't give a fuck who's in the room <laughs> or what they're talking about. Yeah. He just walks in, bop, 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 you he, know. Yeah, he came Jimmy's up like Jimmy's like that. a very successful, he's the guy who came up with uh, uh, buying the songs for 99 Cents. Oh. That's him. Okay. That was his. Yeah. And he was, a, he was the CEO of AOL for a while. Really? And, uh, yeah. And WGN. And he's the guy who made "Loop the Loop," you know, phenomenon in the '80s and
0: '90s. He you came know? in talking so fast. He goes, "Tony Fitzgerald, yeah, my guy. Oh my God, this is yeah, the guy. Exactly. This is the guy." Exactly. Everyone yeah, he, take was, bonus he was a for him. He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "This guy, this is the guy," and everyone around is like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, who the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, who is this guy?" guy. <laughs> you know, it's like, and he goes, and then he goes, "This your son?" And then I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's good to me." He goes, "I'm telling you," he goes, "You're the new model." Better, stronger, faster, <laughs> all this. And it's just, yeah, he was he's very
1: charming. He's a, you know what, and that's his great gift in yeah. life for being liked. Jimmy, you know, when you do con- uh, contract negotiations with Jimmy for radio, you know, Jimmy could follow you in a revolving door and come out ahead of you. You know, that's a I great mean, line. He's, he's that guy. Um, but yeah, it's impossible not to be charmed by him. So when he fucks my name up, it's like, uh, you know. And plus, by the time we would correct him, he's already gone. He's already, he's already you know, yeah.
0: moved down the uh, the conga line. Yeah, you know? it would just be such a shame to correct him at that point because he's so on no, fire. No, he's such a nice just guy. Just in the moment. You know, I mean,
1: and you know what? When I worked for him, he was always a lovely guy to work for. I mean he was not he was not one of the pricks who chased me out of uh commercial radio.
0: No, he seemed like he genuinely uh, No, he was a good guy. He was excited and, I mean to when see
1: when when he moved on was when things started shitting the bed. You know, when uh we were bought by a company named Bonneville and they were all like Canadian fucking Mormons, you know, and uh one night I knew when I had to quit. One night I had interviewed Stud Circle for three hours, and it was a great conversation, and it was a lot about labors and union and stuff like that, and um, and the next day my his you know another boss said, "You had some some old guy on last night for like uh, three fucking hours," and I said, "That old guy has dignified your business for fifty years." He has won the Pulitzer Prize. He has made radio uh, an actual destination in a the theater of the imagination. What the fuck have you done? It was, well, we're, we're not going to have uh, uh, authors on anymore. Our, our audience doesn't read. And then I knew it was time to quit.
0: And that's when you knew you had to do the podcast. Absolutely. Instead of uh, radio. Speaking- Ladies and gentlemen, this is Max and Tony Fitz patrick not fitzgerald the max and tony show um hey you went to see commie last week how was it it was great he was great he had an auto he he had an auto-tune mic so (laughs) you know everything he said was like super woo, (laughs) and it was it was really cool it was really cool he did great a dude who opened for him uh kuku kuku collins sorry dude i'm I'm like never gonna get your name right but this i actually just did kuku collins opened for him he had a lot of energy and also a lot of people uh were just doing like one song here and there because they got the opportunity to just go up there and and just do their song a lot of just good individual talent terrific yeah um but kami was great
1: uh it's kind of what I love about rappers is they invite a lot of other people into the house. Yeah,
0: that's what they did. You know what I mean? There's a real generosity. Yeah, about they sort of they sort of cheated, not not and not in a bad way. They cheated the crowd in the sense that like oh we got we got three people that are performing, but like ten people performed. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Tokyo went on in the middle of Kami set. He did mm-hmm. he did a song.
1: One of the things I always loved about Poy Dog Pondering is that, you know, in the middle of the show, Frank would introduce. 10 City, you know, and they'd perform that's the way love is, or you know, yes. I mean, just the evolution of energy that came out of that group of musicians, you know, went on to form a bunch of other bands, you know, yeah, Thievery
0: Corporation and uh, and others. I've always admired that, yeah. Um, uh, Knox Fortune was uh spinning there for a little bit, he uh-huh. was spinning some of his new album that's called Paradise. Which you I, can't get enough of. I can't I hear it stop. constantly. It's crazy. I hear it in the house. I hear yeah. it at the studio. I you know It's everywhere, uh, around me. Uh, congratulations to Knox Forge and he did a he did a great job. He he basically made two albums. I mean he helped on just like the movies and he did his solo project. It's good. Yeah. It's all good. Cool. You know?
1: Over the weekend it did me a great deal of good to see the NFL redeem itself a hair by just sending a
0: big giant fuck uh, you to Donald Trump. Yeah, but it was very corporate. They changed the meaning of what that kneel represents. You know, they're trying to make it like this: let's all get along thing. And it's that that kneel stemmed from police brutality, absolutely, and, and unfair. It has its genesis, in Ferguson. Yeah, and it's. It's kind of like when I see Jerry Jones kneeling. Yeah, I don't see a guy who's standing up for civil rights. I see a guy who's protecting his million-dollar investments.
1: The, yeah, that's one way to look about it. But uh, look at it. But in a weird way, I was kind of happy to see him kneel. That with his players, I was surprised. And, and these guys are. It is very much for them about the brutalizing of people of color in this country. Yeah, but for you know? some
0: people, uh. They're trying to change the definition of what that kneel meant. And oh, yeah. They're trying to say it's, it's about bothering. the flag. Horseshit.
1: Yeah. Saying that it's about the flag is like saying, you know, well, Rosa Parks on the bus yeah, was yeah. about protesting there, public transportation. There's those guys,
0: but there's also those guys who are actually physically kneeling, and they're also like, well, we're doing our part. And they don't totally get what the kneel stemmed from. And that's a problem. Yeah. Like, even though, yes, even though, yeah, we do want we do want you to kneel with us. I want you to understand why fully, though. I saw a great political cartoon
1: where a guy was pointing down at Colin Kaepernick and saying, that's offensive. And, and next to him, you know, Michael Brown is laying face down dead. Right, right. And, uh, right. and he's saying nothing. And that, for me, kind of typified this. You know, yeah. on, on on this note, uh, I want to uh, introduce our guest. We are fortunate to have... Uh, Sadia Rafai with us, who I was in Patriot with, and she's in an upcoming show at Red Orchid, a great theater in Chicago uh, called The Talk House, a Wallace Shawn show. So you are our second uh, woman guest. So we're thrilled to have you. And our, our third excited. our third
0: guest ever. Yeah.
2: I've heard all of them. Big fan of Yulia. Looked up her wow. artwork. Yeah, is not she great? Thought she was a genius, incredible, and I'm very honored to be here.
1: And one thank of you for the being best here. human beings you'll ever meet in your life as as well. Yeah. Um, we we talked a little bit in the in the the pre-show just about uh, your upbringing. I mean, you pretty much grew up all over the place, right?
2: I did my father is Palestinian, and my mother is American. Her whole family is Swedish mm-hmm. and uh, we moved around a lot, probably thirteen times or so. and um wow. what at,
1: parts of the country?
2: We were all over the place. We were in Illinois, and then we went out to Las Vegas for a little while mm-hmm. and then we were in um Ohio, moved around there for a little while and then back to Illinois. Um,
1: What was Vegas like?
2: You know, we lived at a time before things got really bad there um, where you could pay cash for like a steak dinner. And like uh, my dad and mom both worked at the casinos and they met, you know, all the famous people. And it was really fun. and. You know, nobody had been bitten by a tiger and, like, all that yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, you just reminded me. The Siegfried and Roy incident. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, wow. like it was the good old days. Yeah. yeah. It was the good
2: old Did days. Did you
0: ever see—were Penn and Teller around when you were there? Oh, yeah, we
2: saw Penn and Teller. We went to Splash. They're friends of ours, of, Penn really? and Teller,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I, I used to think he was my uncle. I, there's a yeah. few guys on this earth that I— thought were my uncle for, like, a few years legitimately. Steve Earl, Penn Penn, was one of them. And these aren't bad guys to think that are actually, like, you know, hey, these are are my family
1: Absolutely. You know, and they certainly adored you guys, guys, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, Vegas, I mean, that's always crazy. It takes
1: a certain person to live there, though,
0: you know. I I, I remember Mom was like, would you ever want to move to Vegas? And I'm like, I'm about to go into high school. I'm like, No. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It wasn't anything personal. It was just, you know, I was at at the height of where I I knew all my friends. Well, think
1: think of Penn kids who grow up in the world and there are 60-foot signs of their father on buildings. Yeah.
2: That has to be weird.
1: You know, I mean, you have to be ready for a a certain level of unreality to, to, I think, to navigate living in Las Vegas. Yeah. I mean, I'm always glad to get there and I'm I'm always glad to leave too because there's something about it that's like uh unless you're deeply connected in like show business sure. and stuff there's something about it that's just uh perplexing and odd yeah and the, it's uh, weird I feel off balance i don't have a bad time there i mean i'm always kind of fascinated by it but
2: yeah it's not a place for kids and i don't know kind of why we grew up there uh but we was we a were great just quote watching. from uh,
1: this guy named bob stupac who everybody's called to call bob stupid he owned that <laughs> thing that had the roller coaster way at the top of the needle like thing and uh years ago he'd been like shot by gangsters or something in the face and he talks funny so when they were making Vegas all kinds of kid friendly he goes Vegas isn't for children Vegas is for scorpions and gamblers, (laughs) you know, and I think that's like the the best thing I've ever heard, you know, it's like, I think they fucked it up when they tried to make it like a kid's place.
2: Yeah, well, my uncle worked um, security at a hotel, and um, we were one time all talking as a family around a table, and it was like, you know, you never hear about any murders in, in any of these places, and he was like, Oh yeah, we just call a person. They come in, they clean it up, mm-hmm. and they're called cleaner.
1: Sure. <laughs> they got we, they got Wolf sure. from from uh, um, the John Volta movie, the Tarantino thing. Oh,
0: the Wolf. Well, it's uh, the Wolf. Yeah, Winston.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, there's a reference to. Uh, Him and uh,
0: Patriot, Mm -hmm. you know, which is one of my favorite lines in the whole (laughs) show. Wow. So it's just that's how they do it in Vegas. Just they hire the wolf. They hire a cleaner. You know, there's a lot of desert. You can bury lots of shit out there. There's no
2: bad publicity at all. It's all, you know, you just got to, if nobody gets food poisoning. Nobody, you know.
1: The mayor for years was a, a mob lawyer named Oscar Goodman. Yeah. You know, who was Tony Spolatro's lawyer. It was like, yeah, he's gonna be mayor in <laughs> Vegas, you know. So w- when uh, did you uh, move to Chicago?
2: Um, I went to, uh, first I went to SIUC, and then I transferred to Illinois State University, and because I was in Bloomington Normal and my brother was up there, he was gonna come here to do improv, which he does, and uh, I decided to tag along, and my dream was Steppenwolf, and... Uh, So, where did your brother
0: do improv?
2: My brother has done improv everywhere. Okay, Um, he trained at Second City and IO. He's a teacher at IO. He runs an incredibly successful podcast that's now taken him all over. What's his name? uh, Adel Rafai. Oh, cool. He's, I feel like I've
0: heard that name, but. He's, uh, I don't
2: know. He's incredible. He's he like, must
0: know Dave
1: and, and TJ.
2: He does. They've both been yeah. on the show, and Dave just recently um, uh, actually put his name in to, to get a job at a college that Adel's now teaching at. So he's very, Adel's very grateful to Dave. David Pasquesi.
0: To- we got to get him in there. He's a would, gr- He's a great guy. I would love to. I'm at Second City, or I was at Second City. I'm at the Annoyance right now. Yeah. So the
2: Annoyance, is another like incredible place to do improv. Uh, did uh, you ever oh, work there? It's crazy, crazy incredible. I never worked there. I tried my hand at improv, and I just realized that it's better that my brother do it.
1: I saw you on YouTube doing stand-up comedy, and you were funny as hell. Thank you. You were great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, and and it it's odd because I didn't really know you that well yet. Um mm. it's funny how we met. I uh we both worked on Patriot and we didn't work any of the same day so yeah. we not not ever met. So I was in Barnes and Noble and I was there to, you know, grab a book and uh this woman walks up and goes, Are you on Patriot?
2: <laughs> it, it was my mom's Yeah
1: and I said, Yeah I am. And she goes so is my daughter. And I took one look over and, and uh Sadia was standing yep. a good distance away, you know. I, I know telling your mothers, please stop, don't do that. <laughs> and uh the minute I looked at her, um, I was like the physicist's wife. And and by the way, that's an indelible performance. I mean one of the real yeah. standouts of our show. Thank you so um, much. Um because so much of it uh in the beginning when we first see you depends on just you kind of communicating with your eyes you know you're wearing a hijab it's a niqab a niqab okay (laughs) i'm sorry i i get
2: the it's it's almost the same thing it's just except has
1: a veil yeah um and we don't see mahatna until you know a couple episodes later Mm -hmm. but she speaks volumes with her eyes and there is this longing and this kind of uh, fearfulness about being in this, you know, she's never been out of the world that she lives in. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, it was just one of the, you know, the part where she, she sheds her niquab and goes out and like actually puts her foot in the water. You know, because uh, you're not supposed to have that part of your body exposed and yeah that particular sect and uh when she feels you know the water on her feet it was just an astonishing it just tore me up you know
2: thank you i i am forever indebted to Stephen.
1: Stephen conrad (laughs) genius yeah we have we have one in the can we're gonna put out pretty quick um we uh we we should go over and cut his grass and walk his, his walk his dog and wash his car. I, I mean, just gave him honestly. a lame
2: card that, in, when we were in Prague the very last night, there was like uh-huh. a party and I, you know, I, I'm sure everybody gave him like real gifts and I didn't have that much money and so I got him this card that just said like, "Thank you for changing my life and yeah. I am forever indebted to you and I really meant it. I Absolutely. really. Do you know
1: how I, uh, I was told that I had to part in Patriot? I He's... was laying in the hospital after a quadruple oh. bypass. Oh and he walked God. in and he said, uh, you're going to have to get better because uh, uh, you're going to be Jack Birdbath in about four months. Yeah. You know, and that, that, like, just kind of pulled me out of darkness, you know?
2: That's incredible. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It was amazing.
2: Well, yeah. and he's, I knew, I knew Stephen and your work before I knew, before Patriot or anything. And being at his house and watching his kids. and now,
1: Yeah, I mean, you did a lot of work doing nanny jobs, Yeah,
2: right? I only watched his kids a couple of times. They're amazing yeah, They're humans. amazing, yeah. Just incredible really nice humans. Kids. Like, Gracie's,
1: Gracie's. She collected for girl. Paws the day yeah. that we were there, and yeah. it was
2: like, she's just so sweet. You know the,
1: the woman's march piece that I did that became the poster? She owns that. Yeah, I mean she's, you know, they're they're raising an activist, you know. They don't they don't know it yet, but you know.
2: I accidentally showed her The Wizard of Oz, and she was really scared at the witch, and then I thought I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm going to flying monkeys. No, Yeah, everyone's afraid of the
0: flying monkeys. I was never afraid of them. I was afraid of the witch. I was. The
2: the witch is really scary. So I thought, while while Stephen was out, I was like, I'll show you on the YouTube. um, There's a video of this actress um, talking about being the witch. And we're scrolling down and it says, um, suicide of munchkin. And I think she hasn't seen it. And I keep scrolling and she goes the munchkin committed suicide and i was like oh my god i've made that's, this so oh much god. worse And Steven came home and i was like can i talk to you for a second
0: yeah. that's so
2: funny just,
1: the munchkin
0: just... have, have you D- seen D- that the D- D- dutch trick that was a huge that was like a huge like urban myth in movies like like this uh, munchkin hung himself in the middle of the shot and the editor just put it in and and kept it going like because he didn't see it did it actually it's, happen it's not real i don't think it's re- actually Okay, I need to go Because I on, heard the munchkins were, I need first to go of on all, they were drunk
1: a lot, and they were like all banging each other, you know? Weird, like really? A fucking munchkin orgy,
0: yeah. You are <laughs> such a liar, but. I'm not kidding
1: you, well, I'm not kidding you, there's a book called Under the Rainbow, and. Oh, uh yeah. What? <laughs> what? you incredible. never heard of this? I've never you heard of this. Judy Garland was even complaining about, ah, oh, they're drunk, and they're carrying on, and they're, you know. There, there's a movie but, called
0: Under the Rainbow too about all that. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: I'm not. I'm not making this up. Wow. You know? I wow.
2: gotta watch that.
1: I think it's the greatest. You know, I mean, I'm glad they were all having yeah. munchkin orgies and shit. You know, yeah. I mean.
2: But I, but I scarred, I scarred his daughter's um, whole experience of the Wizard of Oz, which would which should be one of the greatest things ever. And um, he put me in a TV series. So I'm yeah, I'm you sorry go. and thankful. Yeah,
1: there you go. <laughs> um yeah, we it, we it should we should also let out that we go back to work in about a month. Yeah. And uh, Paris. for season 2. Yeah, Paris. That should be fun. going to That does not suck. That does know?
2: not suck.
1: How did you like Prague and Luxembourg?
2: Oh my gosh, I Everybody was telling me different things. You know, you got to go here and you got to go there. And we were in just these incredible locations where I just got to walk around. And I didn't quite know where I was at, you know, what, where things were. But I just wander around. And it was mm-hmm. so
1: beautiful. Did you guys stay in the hotel you shot in?
2: No. No, we stayed at the uh, Pri- uh, Prague Hilton. Yeah. And I violently threw up. All over the walls, and had to pay three hundred dollars.
1: Really? Yeah. Would you get hammered?
2: No, I I <laughs> had to fly out to get to get married, and it was so stressful to like oh, go I've back and the forth. Oh, I
1: puke. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and I came back from all of it, and I was in my hotel room, and I had to be up at like six thirty a.m. And at three in the morning, I I got up and I burped, and I was like, huh. I usually do that right before I'm about to – and then I violently vomited on the carpet, (coughs) on the walls.
1: Was it one of those fire hose things?
2: I couldn't be stopped. And I made it worse because I tried to cover my mouth, but it only acted as like it just sprayed it further. Just more
1: splatter. And I was Uh. so
2: tired and sick, and I only had three hours, and I was like, I'm just going to go back to bed.
1: It could be worse because sometimes you get that, and it's – not only coming out of your mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. You know. No, I um, I looked in my hair and there was popcorn. And I remember being like, huh, I don't remember the last time I had popcorn. So it was wow. pretty bad.
1: Holy cow.
2: <laughs> and I just slept you, like, in it.
1: Puked up your toenails.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just puked it all up. And then in the morning, because I just went back to bed. At like six in the morning, I woke up and it was just. I was awful, and I called them, and they you could not have been nicer. Keeping, yeah, and then they charged us a lot, which I understand because it was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah, no,
1: but you know, as long as you don't have to like deal with it, it's like, Yeah,
2: I was uh, like, I'm sorry, you guys. I, you
1: know what? I'm down for the three hundred. <laughs> it's like. You clean up all my icky fucking puke from the night before. It's
0: probably half dried by now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it I'm was, in.
2: It was all dried, and I'll my give husband. You th- I'll
0: give you three fifty. <laughs> yeah. You know? At, at uh, <laughs> after Jonathan's wedding, we were. So, I, I think all of us were hung over to death, but I was like, "Oh man, I'm done." I just saw the hotel waste. All basket, I know is you left a gift in there, and then we. <laughs> really. And then we all left. So i i I think today, even today, I'm like. I wonder, like, what they. Thought when they found that just wastebasket of puke, <laughs> like was I there a liner in it? You, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it there could was. have been worse. Yeah, it could yeah. have been worse. No. It could have been worse, but it was just one of those things. Like I, I've never done that before. There's no way <laughs> looking way to puke. You know, <laughs> no. I mean, there
1: really but you isn't. know what?
2: This way, where you cover your mouth and your hands, your fingers are kind of open. Not. It kind of squirts between yeah. your
1: fingers. You know, it acts as yeah. like a. You know, like a fire hydrant when you, you know, shove yeah. the water in a certain direction. Yeah, yeah, it was
2: terrible. No, it's bad. And my husband was like, do you send this to Amazon? And I was like, oh, absolutely not. I will be paying this because I don't want Amazon to ever know Yeah. that they had to, like, yeah, redo the wallpaper. They, she, she gets you. stressed. She throws
1: up. Next time up. they hire don't, you don't when you check her. into the hotel, it's like, ah, oh, the puker's back. <laughs> oh,
2: she's <laughs> back, huh? yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Jeez, Better the wow. puker
1: than the shitter though. Yeah, you know? really. <laughs> it, it could be it's, worse. It there's, could been be worse. Some, there's
0: been some folks probably who've just like been Aww. so nervous on so, no, I don't want to get into that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I I'll tell you what.
1: I mean the the first my first day of work, uh, you know, there's Kurtwood Smith, there's oh, man. Terry O'Quinn. There, yeah, you know, yeah, I was I was unnerved. I was yeah. rattled. Thank you know? God your
0: first scene was in a bathroom stall, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know.
1: Um which actually is not actually a bathroom. It was in Montreal and it was just a set made, to oh, look like made a bathroom. Oh, they just made bathroom. Oh well yeah. brilliant, I And there are I thought that was a bathroom c- for sure. There are a couple of those in, in Patriot that you think, okay, well if I have to pee I can always it's like oh no. This set is design, set. man. Yeah. yeah.
0: Not enough is put on set design.
1: You know, uh, and we have uh we had uh Judy Ree, the first season, and uh and wardrobe also, Molly McGinnis, um who's just the sweetest people. person in the world. Yeah, I mean everybody behind the camera in Patriot is just so wonderful at what they do. You know, I mean Jimmy Whitaker, Jody Miller, um, Kindest
2: people most talented. Charlie Gogolak,
1: I mean yeah. you know, the guys who produce us, um, just first rate. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, first rate. You could not get treated better. Uh, That's great. Um, yeah, so That's what uh, you want. we lucked out. Uh, no kidding. You know, it's
0: like <laughs> yeah, we win the lotto. You know. So, well, you guys so have true. a unique show. You guys have a great cast, uh, a genius uh, writer director who's sort Boy,
1: of no controlling yeah. it all. It's and he's also the showrunner. I mean, yeah. so there's a, there's a reason that the, the Tone is so consistent. Yeah. In season one, you know. Yeah. Um, I was worried about him towards the end of the season, though. Yeah. Why
0: you know, is that? He's doing. Was he? Was so he really? Used, yeah. worn out. Yeah. I would be too. I mean.
1: Do I have cough drops somewhere? <laughs> we we're bump. gonna take.
0: We're gonna take a cough drop break here.
1: Let's play some music. Let's play some Frank Catalano, some jazz. We'll be back with Sadir Rafai. Ooh. It's a
2: gift for, because the dinner. Oh, man.
1: How lovely is that?
2: It's an antique boxing medal, because I know you were a boxer. That's awesome.
1: I never won a medal, though, believe me. Well, that's your
2: medal that you should have (laughs) won.
1: Well, thank you. That's very, very... I I love
2: antiques, and I go into antique places and try to find special You're like
1: my mom. You should know my wife. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, you've moved. It's Michelle,
2: right? Yeah, Yeah. Michelle
0: never found old shit she didn't like. And she moved all over the place like you did. Yeah,
2: (sighs) I'm a hoarder, and my husband has built shelves for all of my stuff. Yeah. Wow. I I just like being surrounded by it.
0: I have a
1: collection of wooden birds that's like threatened to take over our house once, (laughs) so now they're all in my studio.
2: But I feel like when you're an artist, you can be uh, weird and have weird collections. But if you're just a oh, woman, oh, you can get away a hoarder. with hoarder. You
1: can get away with fucking murder when yeah. you're an yeah. artist. I mean, believe me, I have. You know, <laughs> been doing it for forty years. Yeah. yeah
0: if you organize yeah. all the stuff you've hoarded over the years, it looks it looks fancier, and you look yeah, you look more. Uh, well, look at all the art. Pristine. That <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look yeah. at all the
1: art that I've collected and traded for over the years. Yeah. So. You much. know, I mean, we have. Kind of an astonishing collection, you know? Yeah,
0: and I don't like to say this because I think artists get paranoid, but we have, like, we've had to get a storage room for art we can't hang
1: there's no way we can hang them,
0: but, it's hard uh, yeah. yeah
2: have you ever yeah. seen that documentary of the older couple yeah were... herbie
1: and uh, yeah. uh herbie vogel yeah, yeah. where they I just knew
2: collected him. they just collected and collected and collected and... well they
1: collected minimalism too which was yeah. uh, kind of uh, an astonishing thing considering that they lived in a little tiny rent control apartment in new york mm-hmm. yeah. and minimalism usually it's like You know, uh, for minimalism, it sure takes up a lot of fucking room. You know, I mean, like the (laughs) Donald Judd things are big, and yeah. But um, they had a really great collection of uh, Richard Tuttle things that were kind of amazing. Yeah, you know,
2: they had just incredible stuff. And he was a cool guy.
1: He was a very cool guy. I used to um, get coffee at the place that he went to. Yeah. And uh, I liked him very much. You know, you couldn't mistake him for anyone else. Yeah. He was the guy walking through the uh, the coffee shop door every week with a different famous artist. and uh, I mean, artists just loved him. And and absolutely you do. You do love people who go out of their way to support what you do, no matter what their economic circumstance. I had a guy for years who bought etchings, and he walked dogs for a living. And um, every week this guy would bring me $100 in cash, you know, um, he'd pay overtime, and he was my favorite collector because, you know, he made like nine hundred bucks a week walking dogs, but he had to really work his ass off for it. And a hundred bucks a week to this guy—this, this was, you know, this was real money. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a night out or a pair of jeans or, you know, or a meal, and uh, definitely
2: not just some famous person who gets a huge piece that they have tons of money and they put it up a, above a sofa and they try to match it with like a, a comforter or something you know yeah. what I mean like
1: yeah, you want to just kick them in the nuts <laughs> you know <laughs> Max I was talking to you about this before we got here today mm-hmm. and it's something I want to kind of ask both of you um, particularly being a Pal- being Palestinian mm-hmm. and growing up with the specter of of nine eleven, um, what has the last year or a couple years been like for you?
2: I think it's been um, it's been it's been strange. It's been weird. It's been hard. Um, I worry a lot for my family because I have. Um, my family, my dad had an arranged marriage for his second marriage, and they have five kids. They're younger. They live in Plano, Texas, mm-hmm. and um, there's just certain, you know, you'll hear certain stories, or my dad will tell me something a month later um, when my stepmother was pregnant um, with with one of my siblings. Um, it was right after nine eleven, and. They were in Texas, and a guy told his pit bull to sick her. So he chased – the pit bull chased my stepmother, pregnant stepmother, and she was like eight months pregnant at the time. And she – after she ran away, um, she just collapsed. She was crying, and she told my dad, I want to go back overseas. So they lived overseas for quite a while raising kids because – she was just so afraid of what, um, someone could do. You know, you're just, it's, you just don't know what people are capable here of doing. I think we, we keep seeing that. Um, I think people don't quite know what I am. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't get, um, I don't get that much, um, said to me, but I, I did the, um, um, at American Theatre Company, I did *The Wizard of Oz*. Speaking of *The Wizard of Oz*, we did the radio show, so we all came out at, like we were in the 1950s. And Mike Nussbaum was in it. Mm-hmm. He was incredible. He was the, the greatest. The, he is the. Greatest man. I'm totally in love with him. Um, He played the wizard. And, you know, we all came up to our mics. And I played Dorothy. And I was really excited to do that because that was the all-American girl. You know, Mm -hmm. I always wanted to do that. And a couple, as soon as I started talking, got up and left and i thought they were fighting because they made a big scene mm-hmm. and afterwards i asked front of house you know what happened and they didn't want to tell me and they didn't want to tell me and i was like please just just tell me cuz this is making it worse and they said they said we were not going to support a production where Dorothy is not played by a white person and they left and asked for their money back
1: that's unfathomable yeah so it's it's
2: weird stuff like that I'll get every once in a while it's
1: so un-american yeah yeah
2: and my dream when I was a little girl was to play was to play her because she was the all-american girl and Mm -hmm. when your name is Sadia and you have, you know, um, half of a mustache when you're seven years old and mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're just awkward and weird. And, um, you know, you just, you want to be part of the crowd. You want to, mm-hmm. you want to blend in. And I never did. And, uh, so I always dreamed of that. So that was, it was just weird that that happened yeah. at that moment. Um, I just worry, I just worry for my family yeah. really constantly. I'm checking in with them and
1: I remember Man. dropping you off at school.
0: Yeah, I I remember uh, we're we're talking about nine eleven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I remember that, and I didn't. I couldn't fully grasp what was totally going on. You were in like you know, second grade, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I was in fourth I was in fourth grade, but mm-hmm. Gabby was in first grade, and I just remember you know, you were you know kind of shocked in the back of the taxi cab Mm -hmm. and then you dropped us off because the way it had been going is you would take the taxi to work but before you went to work you dropped us off it's cool yeah and then yeah you'd continue on but um you know when i got out of the taxi i thought like huh my dad's really uh upset about this stuff that's going down in new york and you weren't totally describing what had happened. You yeah. all I heard was well, the
1: second building hadn't been hit. Yet, yeah, you all know, I so. heard
0: was through a building, and that was that was it. That was yeah. all I, I. So, and then I remember actually, everyone was grouped up talking about it already. Yeah, at, on the playground, and uh, I remember, out of all people, uh, my buddy Nathan Alvarado was sort of like feeding us the details slowly because he kind of knew what was going on but everyone else was kind of you know we weren't really explained like how do you explain to your 10 year old kid like there's an attack happening you know in our country it's you know it was it was it was weird it was different um but you know i i think like after that it sort of you know sparked like a lot of confusion and a lot Mm -hmm. of controversy and a lot of misinformed things, like yeah, you know, what what do we define as as terrorism? What do we define as, you know, uh, pe- you know, just
1: kind of the most damning thing yeah. I remember about those couple of days is that the next day I stopped a guy who had a a Sikh cab driver over mm-hmm. the hood of his cab, you you know, and, um, and I said, look. First of all, this man's Indian. He's he's a Sikh. He's not you know yeah. who you think he is. Secondly, he, uh, he can be whoever he wants and mm-hmm. leave him alone. Yeah. You know, but I I honestly think that's the day that the world just shifted on its axis. And oh, it was it was it, definitely that day. Honestly, it planted the seeds for what we have now.
0: Yeah. Um. But if you look at what's going on now. You start to realize, like terrorism, you know, it's it's not this I, it's not this thing that we, you know, when I was a kid, the image of Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein were firmly planted in my head. It's mm-hmm. oh, these are terrorists. But you know, if you look at the people like Timothy McVeigh, Dylan Roof, Absolutely. those are those are terrorists. Those are the guys <laughs> who scare me. Those, <laughs> those are yeah. that's
1: someone who's going to shoot me someday. Yeah, you know, no, exactly.
0: Some... So. Dissatisfied
1: it, white guy living it, in his grandmother's basement, yeah.
0: and it's all—it's all about just changing the image. It's all about just changing yeah. the definition. It's like terrorism is just—it should be simply brought to its definition. People who want to cause terror to other communities, yeah, and absolutely, yeah. I—I I think that nine eleven, while it was very tragic, it also caused a lot of tragic, um, just divisions yeah divisions and just misinformation just yeah. everywhere just everywhere
1: it also it, uh, it also you know balkanized a great many cultures in a way that um it became again an us and them world and yeah. i am always uh so terrified of that construct um and then uh you know me and, me and chris were talking uh, during the break the night before Donald Trump was elected, uh, me and Chris and Penn were out having sushi, and we are absolutely sure that there was no way uh, uh, that uh, Trump would be elected. Yeah. And I, I, ju- I guess what I found out is that I just don't know my country I think that's I how everyone felt. I don't man. recognize it
0: anymore. Imagine, imagine how like when we were all cheering and up in arms when Obama won, we were just like, "Yeah." <laughs> there was someone. Yeah, I was absolutely that, thrilled. There was someone on that other. side. Remember when
1: I texted you? I was in New Orleans.
0: Yeah, I. You know. There was someone on that other side of that election, though, saying, "Wow, I just don't know my country anymore." And it's and I, you know, I don't yeah. mean to put it well, in and this more southern accent, more than but, we thought. Yeah. But I remember taking a nap before the election and being like wake me up when Hillary wins. I woke up and my roommate Brent Silverman his his head is just glued to the TV like yeah. And I'm like what's going on? He goes um and yeah, I look at the one. results. Yeah. He's winning at the time and it was kind of clear that if Hillary didn't win some key states soon, it was going to be over mm-hmm. and of course she didn't, and now yeah. Donald Trump is our president. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think with every bad thing though comes comes some good things. You know, we now know who it's certainly enacted
1: is, a level of activism yeah. that we've quite frankly needed yeah, in this country. We know
0: who's on our side for a
1: great many years.
0: It's also brought out some like extremists on both sides, you know, like the right, like with the neo Nazis and then yeah. our sides like just with just kind of just trying to correct everything. And I'm while, as I, leery, while I'm on that side, uh, yeah. I, I understand that, you know, those the I don't wanna I don't wanna say PC because I just I don't believe yeah, in I'm that as, term. A, I just uh, don't uh, believe in that.
1: Yeah, it's either right or wrong. It's yeah. I,
0: I, I think I think that if someone finds offense to something, you need to at least at least hear them out yeah. on why. So I, I just. But I'm as that leery. Term is just I'm not with that. I but, am
1: as leery of the fascism that comes from the left yeah, as I am yeah. from that of the right. Well, what I know? will say
0: about that side is that it's they're we're, they're bringing up things that are going to have to be brought up eventually. But uh. the rate that they're moving at, it's like we can't solve everything. At once. We have to take it one step at a time, yeah, in my opinion. And what we're fighting for now is very honorable. Yeah. So let's just fight for what we have now. So Sadia, Step by step.
1: What, what, what was your first reaction after the last election? I mean what 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 went for your head? particularly as a person of color and a person who was raised in the religion of Islam?
2: Yeah, it was um, I woke up that day. I had (coughs) a rehearsal for we were doing Christmas Carol at the Goodman Theater. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of people of color in that show. And we all came in, and luckily we have a really great director, um, Henry, um, who. Is that Henry Godinus? No, Wish Camper. Oh, okay. Um, uh, amazing guy. And he really just let us um, be in the moment of where we were, which was all of us were crying. And we didn't want to just act like um, things were going to be okay. I think he just understood mm-hmm. that for a lot of us, that meant that our we were worried about our families. This was just a larger mm-hmm. thing than an election. And um, being upset that Donald Trump won. Um, it really was. It was scary. It was. Yeah. It was frightening. So. Um, yeah, I just remember feeling. I, I. I don't know if I'm. I'm over it yet. It feels depressing. It feels. Yeah. Scary. I don't watch the news because I. Um, I. I just.
0: You're not missing much. On yeah, that. no, you no. Know, I mean, no. I do keep
2: informed. I, mean, I just I bl- can't I blame, literally watch i I blame CNN. CNN. I yeah.
1: blame, you yeah. know, of course, Fox, Yeah. MSNBC. They, you know, they hung on every word that uh, Tangerine Mussolini said on his way up to his... We were shooting Patriot last summer, yeah. you know, so what was really odd is that everybody in our cast, of course, you know, horrified at the idea of a trump presidency but some of the guys who drove us you know some of the teamster guys mm-hmm. who were actually not bad guys i mean they were guys i could talk to guys i understood i was a teamster you know um um there were some of them who who said well you know i'm just not gonna vote for hillary it's like voting for your ex-wife and uh I didn't relish voting for Hillary, you know, um, I was a Bernie guy. I mean, I was, you know, Yeah. I'm a pinko, you know, so he's my guy, but, um, uh, but I found it interesting that, you know, the, the talent all, you know, were headed one way and some of, uh. The labor guys, for some reason, and I don't understand it because Trump has never been a friend to unions.
0: Yeah. Not ever, you know? Um, Has he ever picked up a hammer? I doubt it. Has he ever nailed anything? That's what I want to, I don't think I could see it.
1: I didn't hear the whole time he was running one single idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No one single plank of this platform. It's, it's going to be so big. It's going to be so good. Well, I mean, to...
0: that just goes to show that you don't have to have a plan. You just have to have a really huge storefront of like just personality and be like, Sonny, "Oh, it's going to be great." It's going to be Sonny,
1: these... in the old days, believe me, you had to have a plan. You know, he
0: ran his campaign on just like three keywords: like great, sad, and like wall and wall. Yeah, and that and
1: that's sad. all.
0: All people needed to hear were these key words and be like, oh, The minute I heard the her oh, yeah, g- by the pussy
1: stuff, I thought, He's done. Stick a fork in his ass. That was He's crazy. That was crazy that he wasn't done. How do you ever recover from that? And son of a bitch, people.
0: Well, it, you had the guys who were like, Well, you can't just take that out of context. It's like, out of context. of what?
1: Well, what are you it's talking the weirdest about? weirdest thing know, you can ever say. Description of a sexual just assault, ever, you know? Dude.
2: Like, Considering so many white women. Voted for him.
1: That's who that. voted for him. Uh,
2: to a me, lot of... I, I just, I think, uh, 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 to me, that was so shocking that, I mean, there's a lot of things I can say about that. But yeah. uh, but no, to so me, that them, was, I was just, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm,
2: I, was just uh, I, I couldn't believe that.
1: There's a certain privilege that, yeah, that yeah, you know. They're com- they're, and we, and yeah. Look, we can say it, you know. I mean, yeah. I don't ever delude myself into thinking that I have not had significant advantages because I was born a
0: white male.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous if you don't think that. Yeah. Um,
0: It was really weird seeing white women talk about the Women's March and being like, I don't get it. It's like, what? Yeah. That's how I knew it was like, wow, this is like... Is a, this is a race. Or listen to, a race listening
1: thing. to him rationalize voting for Donald Trump. Oh, you elected an asshole and now he's not, you're finding out he's not really your asshole. Yeah. Sucks to be you, pal. It's you know? the
2: wrong side of history and they know it. And if they don't know it now, you know, they'll know it yeah, later. Yeah, I mean,
1: the Democrats are going to have to own the fact, I've said this a hundred times, that Hillary was a shitty candidate. She didn't campaign in Iowa. Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, places where there was a wounded uh, white working class that that their manufacturing jobs just went away. You know who sent them away is politicians. You know, NAFTA was a disaster for this country. It impoverished two cultures, the American Union worker and the Mexican Maquiladora worker. And um, I'm just appalled at people's proclivity for voting against their own best interest yeah i mean i I, you know if you would have said five years ago donald trump is running for president he was a punchline well
0: we were making him a punchline like you said a year ago yeah i I mean mean, he's a fucking gas bag you know there's a part of me that's just not convinced he won well i mean he didn't no, he technically didn't win. Didn't win. He didn't lost win. by three million votes. Right. a popular vote. You know? But also, I you know, I think that election was hacked. I think no it shit. It's just there's just I'll no tell you way. What I
1: think James, I think uh, Robert Mueller, I think Robert Mueller's fixing to kick a board up his ass. I hope and so. I, think I and I think he will probably get Pence as well. So yeah. here's hoping. You know. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, because that Pence is a. Fucking homophobe. Exactly. And I, he's, he's awful. I, I don't, Senator you know. Q Tip. Yeah. Yeah. He's... The
1: two of them together, it's the sphincter twins. You know. Yeah. I mean, they'd have to get smarter to be considered like feeble-minded. Yeah. To be considered, you know, uh, a D student. Yeah. You know,
2: Pence can just fake it a little bit, but when you hear his politics about, I mean, it's scary.
1: He particularly hates and fears women. Yeah. You know, yeah,
2: the gays and women, yeah. and it's like, yeah. well,
1: I think he complains a little bit about the gays a little too much. I mean, yeah. I'm wondering what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. You know, usually, and everybody's, you everybody so worried about the bathroom. It's like, uh, you know, yeah, why is
0: that where you go punch the clown? What's what's uh, going on? Yeah, you know? uh, that controversy is just so dumb, it's so stupid. Man. It's it's incredible. Mm. We're with
1: Sidia Rafi. You said that uh, beautifully, by the way. A phenomenal you got it right. Actor, <laughs> a phenomenal actor, comedian, and she's about to open in the Talk House at Red Orchid, a uh, Wallace Shawn play. Tell us about that.
2: This play is so exciting. Um, I have not been this excited about a play in a really long time. Um, it's Wallace Shawn's new play. Uh, some of you might know him as an actor in *The Princess Bride* and *My Dinner with Andre*. And
1: *Heaven Help Us*.
2: <laughs> Inconceivable! I love, <laughs> he's,
1: he's I love him in *Heaven Help Us*.
2: He's so funny and deprecated like self-deprecating, and he's written all these like great books where he has these essays about life. Mm-hmm. And um,
1: well, he comes from a family of legendary writers. His father was William Shawn. Yeah. Was the editor of the New Yorker? This is a guy who edited, you know, Raymond Carver and and uh, Joe Mitchell and you know, I mean, all of the great writers of the you know, forties, fifties, and sixties. Yeah, John Updike.
2: Yeah, he's so also a man. He comes who by realizes, it honestly. You yeah, know? he knows that he was brought up in privilege. he, yeah. he very much talks about that and recognizes that. Um, but he's he's very dark and funny and this play is um, it's it's oddly um, it will seem oddly familiar right now uh, mm-hmm. he wrote this before the election and give um, us a thumbnail what <laughs> it's about a um, an old talk house club where these uh, theater actors come to meet on the mm-hmm. anniversary of a date when they um, did a show and the the politics uh, ha, have changed, and we no longer have theater. And um, some of the people who once did theater are now doing some pretty pretty terrible things in society in order mm-hmm. to make money. And um, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the 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 walls have ears um we're all yeah. everyone's listening you when you talk about politics um well, we, we have live to... in a
1: culture of surveillance that's for shit sure
2: absolutely and if you've ever seen the episode of Black mirror um with uh, uh Dallas, howard uh what is her name bryce, dallas, bryce howard. dallas howard there's one where people who have seen the the show will know that there's one where you survive on the likes that people give you so it's oh. kind of like Facebook. oh no shit really you actually yeah. people rate you uh in everything so um Every encounter you have, and if you you can't buy a plane ticket unless you have so many likes, you can't rent a car if you don't have yeah. enough likes.
1: Did you see that Black Mirror with the puppet? Yeah. You know where he stalks that politician. <laughs> And then the other one with the pig is just, you you're know. You're like, yeah. he's
2: not going to, they're not going to go there. And then you're watching it. And you're like, they, they oh went God. there. I, that was the first one. I think that's the first episode. And I remember watching it. Being the like, first
1: one. I mean, the first yeah. one I had to watch the- more, you know. Well,
0: Dad, you <laughs> should I, watch. I talked to Chris
1: Stoltz. He said, you seen Dark Mirror. He goes. The pig fucker, right? The pig fucker,
2: you know? He fucked that
0: big. Yeah, I mean, but you should watch this one where they give you the society ranking because, I mean, imagine you getting pissed off about your Uber rating. You're like,
2: 4.7, what? I don't think I've ever looked at it, son.
0: Well, I, you know, I'm just saying- it's incredible imagine your life is on a rating at all times
2: and this is what this play is kind of like we have to we we only can do things based on the the our popularity
0: yeah consensus and all the tryhards it, like this the woman in the end is is trying so hard just to get the start and she's not getting a, a good rating and she, cherry she's jones trying is in too it hard. who
2: cherry jones do you know oh, her? god she's
1: a great actor
2: Phenomenal she was in Twenty Four yeah. too. You yeah, know? she's phenomenal, and she's in it. Did you as... ever
1: watch Twenty Four? I mean, because it, it, it had to be hard for somebody of of color, or somebody,
2: yeah, Palestinian,
1: never... to watch because the politics of it were fucking crypto fascist.
2: That's kind kind of how I felt about Homeland after a while. I was oh like, man, I gotta yeah, stop watching
1: this. I, I, I get it. It's, I mean, it's, I hate all those. What's shows. hard is that it's hard to. You know, completely walk away from Homeland because the acting's so good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's great. Yeah. You know, and Mandy Patinkin, as difficult as I hear it can be, is marvelous in it. Yeah. The first two seasons I really liked, but I thought, man, they are doing no favors for, you know, yeah. people concerned about Islamophobia. Yeah. You know? It's true. It all I feels mean, I'm like— I am a sucker for thrillers, though. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm that guy. I watch that
0: show. But it all feel feels like propaganda that's like, oh, Now don't it worry. especially does. Freedom now, isn't free, and America's got your back. And it's just, oh, it's just so corny. I hate 24. Kiefer Sutherland, <laughs> if you do another season of 24— I'm well, going to continue to hate you, I guess. I can't do anything. <laughs>
1: but yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you know, when when it was just one season, it was kind of a cliffhanger thing. It was kind of entertaining. And then you begin to notice every single person who is of the Islamic faith is the enemy. Yeah. You know? I, it just became... Uh, you know, it's, I mean, I even get upset with Bill Maher it's, about that it's, shit. It's too, also you know? the
0: it's also the same show every season. They're just chasing absolutely, a different object. Absolutely. It's either a, a cassette tape, a, okay. A we need some new
1: Arabs. The, brief, you know? the briefcase. You got a more <laughs> evil-looking Arab? The president. Yeah, it's
0: like, uh,
1: can you I give me a more evil-looking evil Arab? Maybe a guy with a scar
0: on his face like Al Capone, but he's an Arab. Yeah, something like that. You know. Uh, yeah, if my dad was in a coma, all he would need to hear are those those digits in twenty four. The,
2: did, did. Yeah, teet,
0: he'd wake right up. He'd
1: be like yeah. twenty four. I watched I watched the f- first couple seasons like religious. I
2: I don't think it I've ever seen an episode.
1: Um, don't.
0: It's so yeah, annoying. It,
1: it, 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 believe me, I mean I'm I'm a little ashamed of it, but uh, but I do love like thrillers and shit like that. You know, yeah. I mean I love our show because it's really suspenseful. Yeah. The Max and I, Tony show? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, Patriot. You just oh, never right. know what's going right. to happen. Oh, that's right. Uh, but Patriot, I mean, I had no earthly clue what was going to transpire yeah. uh, last season um, until I would get the next week's script, you know, and I will go, no, you didn't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was. you know, I can, I cannot wait. Uh, to get back to work.
2: Me too. Me you know? too. And
1: I'm going to see you next week in the talk house.
2: Yeah. You and your wife have yes, tickets. Yes. We're and going. We're going to a so preview excited. next Thursday
1: night. You know?
2: I hope you enjoy it. It's weird. It's unsettling. It's funny. It's dark. It's, it's weird.
1: That's what it's people amazing. say having lunches with me is like... <laughs> So anyway, look, we're gonna wrap it up, um, Sidiya Rafai, Thank you so much for being with this us. Thank you so much. Fun. And promise me thank you'll come back.
2: Of course, and you, I'm having you on our podcast.
1: Absolutely. Um,
2: so, so it's just. Hey, be... we're
0: log rollers. <laughs> Goddamn it, you know.
2: <laughs> Which What's, is all about conspiracies. Let's plug
0: your podcast. What's your podcast?
2: Um, I have a podcast with my brother called Siblings Peculiar, uh, spelled peculiar. Pronounced peculiar. Ah, so check us out on iTunes. I like peculiar
1: awesome. a little better. I will yeah, check you guys we, out. We we
2: play uh, a brother and sister who uh, whose parents were lost in the fabric of time and space, or they drowned in a swimming pool, but we think they were lost in the fabric of time and space.
1: Yeah, or they ditched you.
2: Or they were terrible parents. They were just yeah, assholes. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about my cough, you guys. I've had oh. this nasty ass. It's okay. Cold. I
0: gave you that cough, so Thank you. you Thanks know. for that. I'm not totally <laughs> Thanks for that. Bummed. I love coughing
1: on my toenails every night. I appreciate it, son. No problem, Dad. <laughs> well, this
0: was the Max and Tony show.
1: With our guest Sadia Rafi.
2: Hey
0: Thank you. Thank you, Sadia. Good night. Okay. <laughs> that's
1: good enough <laughs> oh that was Man, really you, fun you you made guys. that very very easy yeah.
0: hey guys this is Max Fitzpatrick of the Max and Tony show you just heard our 7th episode big shout out to Forbidden Root Beer next time you're in Chicago check out their brewery on 1746 West Chicago Avenue we want to thank Parkwalk Productions the home of the Max and Tony show Remember to check out Adventureland Gallery and the Dime Showroom on 1513 Northwestern. Adventureland Gallery is currently showing Michael Gaylord James until September 30th. Look out for Kevin Nance on October 6th, Friday from 7 to 10. Free admission, pet friendly, and free drinks. It's always a great time. If you want to reach the podcast through my dad, go to TonyFitzpatrick.co or his Instagram handle at TonyFitzpatrick9 or his Twitter handle at ThisTrain. If you wanna reach the podcast through me, go to maxwellfitzpatrick.com or my Instagram and Twitter handle at MaxFitzpatrick. Tune in next time for episode eight. It's gonna be great.
1: I still remember